This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2017. My host, and this is exciting, this is a bit of a reunion, is Vlad Savov. Hi, Vlad, how are you? Hello, Miriam. I didn't realize I'll be the host. I didn't bring any food or anything else like that. No, it's okay. I'm the host. I said that. I said, I don't know. My guest is what I should have said. But <laughs> hey, you know, you are kind of a co-host in this, in a way. We've always and co-hosted when, when we've done podcasts, so that's fine. Well, exactly. This is a bit of a return to form for us. This is like the Engadget Mobile Podcast. Welcome to the Engadget Mobile Podcast. Today is Tuesday. Uh, September 19th, 2017. There you go. I just did it right. Um, so Vlad and I, you, you know, I used to co-host the Engadget Mobile Podcast, as you figured out now. And and so I figured you want to all hear my take on the V30 and Note 8 now that I've had a chance to spend a few days with them. And I figured the most critical person in the phone business that I know, not the most con- not the most curmudgeon-y person, that, that would be David Ruddock, who I had on a few weeks ago. But the most critical is probably Vlad Savov. So Vlad, thank you for for being on, and let's uh, let's get the show on the road. Um, what's the phone you want to start with? Do you want to start with them chronologically? I don't know. Uh, gosh, there are a lot of phones happening right now. Um, About the ones that are really interesting is V30, Note 8, maybe Essential Phone. I for I want you to take on the iPhone 10 because I know you wrote some really great stories on The Verge about that. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with the phone that I'm using. Um, I've been watching some uh, watch videos on YouTube, you know, uh, automatic watches, enthusiasts. And one thing that they always do is a wrist check. Uh, <laughs> these guys are freaky enough to be wearing a watch on each wrist. Uh, so let's do a wrist check for us as phone reviewers. Um, and I'll announce that I'm using the Google Pixel. Still, after all these months, after cycling my through every other device, too. I've come back to the Google Pixel. So Pixel or Pixel XL, very important distinction. Oh, the Pixel, definitely. Uh, the best photo I I've see. ever taken I've, with a I've phone. I've got the XL. The best photo I've ever taken with a phone, I took with the Pixel XL. And I think that's a very good phone. Uh, but the Pixel is just really the right size for me. It's just super compact. Yes. So I have the XL as my daily driver, and I love it. And I, wanna, I want to put a li- insert a little note here for everyone saying, I have some opinions that are very much in line with you about the photography on the XL on the Pixel, sorry, in general, because this is going to be relevant when we discuss the V30 and the Note 8 camera later. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so let's get the iPhone out of the way first, because honestly, I feel like... Uh, it's like an elephant in the room. It's both an elephant in the room, and it's an unexciting elephant in the room. It's a, it's a beige elephant in the room when we're talking about the yellow gold yes, iPhone 8. I, I like what you're saying because we don't agree. Great. <laughs> Terrific. Okay, well, look, um, it, the other thing is I kind of feel like I'm a spent force on the iPhone because I've kind of put everything on the internet. So I'm just going to uh, plagiarize just myself. Just recap. A plagiarize Rant myself a, little a little bit, bit if you have it. to. You know, this is the place to be. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so this is what we tend to do on the Gatchmobile podcast back in the old days. You know, we were like, you know, let's get the iPhone out of the way and then 40 minutes will pass. We'd be like, okay, now let's rush for everything else. Um, yeah, we can't do that. But so let's try and be structured just keep it here. short. Let's try and be structured here. First of all, the iPhone 8, uh, it's a big sigh for me. It's, I understand why Apple is doing it, okay? So there's this branding reasoning and rationale, which makes perfect sense. And I will tell you, um, Apple is a bu- is a business is trying to sell units and in the, in those respects I don't think anybody in the tech industry comes even close to Apple so I can't be critical about that I'm going to be critical about it as an enthusiast of technology okay because I see the branding and marketing aspect of it and the motivation behind it and I'm like 100% I agree I see what you're doing you can put that in business schools and then I see the aspect of it where we are you know, like I say, gadget enthusiasts, phone enthusiasts want to see change happening every single year, every single model, see an actual upgrade when we're spending more money, and that's not happening. So let me try and explain what I'm trying to say here. Um, so Apple's branding for all these years has been the rectangle with the rounded corners, big bezels, and a circular home button. That's the iPhone, the original iPhone shape slash right. silhouette. Right, and that's an iconic shape, right? I mean, it absolutely it is. really is an iconic shape. It absolutely is. If you go to Apple's uh, website and you try and buy an iPhone, 
when you're you know coming to the end of the purchasing page, you have those outlines, and it says that's an iPhone, and everybody recognizes it immediately. So this is why Apple hasn't been shrinking the bezels every single year, much like its competitors have been doing. Like its competitors, um, Android. Well, I think it's just about- laziness, to be honest. They could have retained that that general aspect ratio and shape, without what and shrink. And it still made an iPhone five, or sorry, a, a plus model that had a much larger than five point five inch screen, or at least a smaller chassis than it has. I yeah, think you, you lose there was an intermediate step that they skipped here. You know what I'm saying? Right, absolutely, it, it absolutely. And this happened. is what I'm saying. This is the branding uh, rationale, which, as a fan, I don't agree with. Is to say we want to keep these proportions forever until we like completely change them. Okay? okay, so if you shrank the bezels, you would lose the proportion between bezel and screen, and you, you you then lose the iconic nature of the outline. What Apple has done now with the iPhone X is it has given us another you hopefully iconic outline, which is, uh, again, round the rectangle, but now it has the notch. And I really feel like right. the notch is... The notch is a brand. It's, the it's notch deliberate. is absolutely a brand. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. so, so we're, we're 100% agree on that. It's just yes. what I'm saying to you is the iPhone 8... Um, you know, I, I think our audience is mature enough to uh, deal with a bit of uh, colorful language. They're very of, smart. It's kind of like a fuck you to fans. It's like, yes. here's the phone, which costs as much as any other iPhone costs. We didn't discount it, right? Um, we added practically nothing to it. I mean, if you look at um, Neil Eye's review for us on The Verge, the camera hasn't advanced. And, you know, going from iPhone 6S, which has a terrific camera for its time, to iPhone 7, I didn't see any advantages. I didn't see any improvements. And now we're looking at another camera, which, again, hasn't really made much of an improvement in terms of image quality. And, you know, but Samsung is in the same boat. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm not giving right? anybody else an excuse. And that's the other thing. When I criticize Apple, that doesn't mean I'm saying Samsung is better or anybody else is better, and vice versa. Right. But the, things that has, the thing that has changed... With regard to the Galaxy S8, the Galaxy Note 8, the iPhone 8, and so on, is that a Google Pixel exists. And I will also right. add, you know, this is uh, a bit less 100% certainty in my mind, the HTC U11 also exists, which I also consider a really terrific camera. I agree, and I do have some comments about that. I actually agree that it's one of the most terrific cameras on any phone today. What's but with, with some asterisks, uh, triple asterisks next to that statement which we can revisit in a minute. Absolutely. But but back to what you were saying, I think that absolutely the original icon, uh, iPhone shape up to and including the 8 is 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 iconic and and unique and recognizable. But to me, you nailed it when you say that the new phone, the 10, the X, whatever you want to call it, is also unique and and immediately recognizable, which is why that notch exists. But at the same time, I'm very I'm very I'm very uh I have a lot of mixed feelings about that notch. But, you know, unlike you, I don't think it's a beige phone. Well, well, are we talking about the 8 or the X here? No, the 10. No, it's not a, it's not a beige phone. I'm talking about the, the new color on the 8, which kind of takes over from the gold and the rose gold. It, it is beige. Oh, you're thinking the 8 is beige. Yeah, yeah, of course it's beige. Literally beige, you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why I called it the beige elephant. I was trying to... No, I thought you meant that the iPhone 10 was beige as in boring. No. You know when they say cars are beige? They're because, they, they, you know, the generic color that all... No, you know, I, fleet, I, I just, boring cars. I was trying to make our elephant a bit more of a visual. <laughs> yeah. Instead of gray, it's beige. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, you know, look, to me, this has been my vexing thing about the iPhone. I f- and I said this last week when Phil Nickinson and I discussed the iPhone launches in detail. And all we talked about was iPhone. I said that my issue with the iPhone 8 and all the previous iPhones pretty much since the four, I feel that since the four, we really haven't had a f- something that stood out in terms of technology, in terms of specs where Apple was ahead of the game. Um, the, the iPhone four is the first retina. Nobody had that kind of DPI and resolution. Uh, it took a while for Android to catch up. And at the time, I think it made a big difference. We got used to it and we loved it. And I think the iPhone five in some ways to me had some, there was some, so the 5S had some innovation with Touch ID because nobody had done a fingerprint reader that worked properly until the iPhone. And I think it was slow, but 
it was reliable, which was unlike anything we'd ever experienced before. There were faster ones, but they were not reliable. And there were ones you had to swipe. Remember the Atrix? Terrible experience. Yep. So to me, the takeaway from the announcement is that the 8 is obviously just the evolution of the, the form factor. Boring, you know, beige, in that sense, beige, boring. Not boring, beige in, in color, but it's also beige in color. But to me, the biggest takeaway from the 8 is, you know, let's, let's, let's screw up the naming even more, worse because it should have been called the 7S and 7S Plus. And the 10 I get because X, X marks, you know, it's like OS 10, OS X. It's X has been a naming thing in, in Apple world. It means the 10th, the 10th anniversary, the 10th. I get it. So the, I'm okay. I'm, I'm on board with the naming. They sh- no, I think they should, well, for now. So I think in the future, next year, they need to reset everything. Yeah. We need to have an iPhone. And it's like going to have to be like the MacBook where it's like iPhone 2017. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't specify the 2017, but it's from now always called iPhone. And every time they update it, it's like whatever model year, right? Like you put it in brackets like you do with MacBook. When you review a MacBook, you say like mid 2013, you know? So that's what they need to do. And then I think the the, the cool one, the, the, the 10 or X should be called the Pro. And um, I don't really care, but uh, I'm sorry. I, I just want to I just want to make a couple of comments on the things you mentioned so far. Uh, first of all, in terms of spec lead, we have to give Apple credit for the fact that the processor inside the iPhone Seven. Well, yeah, was that's the exception. Here. Ridiculously fast, and it's always been ridiculously fast. The new one fast. now is again ridiculously fast. I mean, Apple is leading absolutely in terms of taking they are. ARM chips and just designing the crap out of them. And now he's doing his but own But aside GPU of that, well. right? right? I don't think they did anything innovative since the 5S with the Touch ID and the 4 with the Retina. I mean, they, I'm, I'm not disputing like, they, any they, of the that. The competition was always ahead of the game, always after that. Well, pace yourself. Uh, I, I don't want to make categorical statements here. I, I feel like the competition is ahead of the game in some things, but Apple still retains that... that uh, quality of being able to take a feature that others have done previously and just implement and make it, it better. Yeah. yeah, and the user experience is tops. I agree, but it, it's, it's complicated. Like we can't categorically say one or another thing. I mean, I agree with you insofar as Apple hasn't had a meaningful hardware-related advantage over everybody else, and that you know, is why I'm the excited process. about the ten. You know, I mentioned yeah. the processor, but. You know, I've used an iPhone 7, and there's nothing about it which says to me, I absolutely need to use this device over any Android phone that has been released since then. And the iPhone 8 is super fast, but again, you go to any reviews, and nobody's going to tell you this processor is making something possible that wasn't possible before, or wasn't possible on Android alternatives. Um, but, you know, and as to the naming scheme, I do need to bitch about that because it's absolutely ridiculous. It makes zero sense. It is stupid. Um, I tweeted about it and then I had some really patronizing people on Twitter telling me, oh, you're an idiot. The, the X, it's it's a Roman numeral and an and X means 10. And It's like, dude, I'm coming from Europe, okay? Roman numerals came from <laughs> Europe. I knew this like before you knew how to read, okay? Don't before tell me what X born. means. I am saying it's a freaking ridiculous name because like you say, iPhone 8 is is an overreach because you don't have a generational difference between iPhone 7 and iPhone 8. Absolutely not. And then you're like, we're just going to skip iPhone 9 and we're going to skip do iPhone 10, but we're going to do Roman it's just, numerals. It's a mess. It's a complete disaster for Apple in terms of like, you know, like they don't, that that's un-Apple like is what I'm saying. By well, no, no, I don't think it is an Apple like. I think it's, and also don't think it's a disaster for them. They're just going to sell them just fine. It's not going to matter to their sales. And you and I are just going to seem like, you say, it's, like commercials. I don't mean disaster in sales. I mean disaster in in naming. Yeah, it's it, a it naming is. disaster. It is, but, but, but the point is that the people who Nobody care about cares. it are, I know, are you and I. It's, we, it's that's, but that's why you and I are having a podcast about it, right? yeah, because we care. It's the people who See? give a damn about consistency and coherence and so on, which, you know, really should be Apple itself. Okay, that's what Apple is supposed to be doing. But then, okay. My point exactly. But then rant, rant finisher, Johnny Ive, who's Apple's chief designer, everything I picked up from him and his conduct during the launch event, like showing Mark Newsom around the whole Apple Park venue and so on, is that the dude has spent the past however many years essentially invested in the architecture of Apple's new HQ. So Yeah, it's a jerk-off fest, I know. So if he's doing that, and then Apple's design team, hardware and industrial design team, is fully invested in making the iPhone X perfect, right? That's how, that's how you get the iPhone 8. I mean, they've basically got, you know, some 20-year-old interns, and they told them, 
research whatever the hell the latest fashionable color is and then we'll just spray paint that on the iPhone 8 and we'll put a true tone display on it and we'll call it a day. And wireless charging. Oh, and wireless charging. Yeah, glass. And a fantastic new processor. Come on. Your processor is going to be I am not bitching about the processor. The industrial design team are the ones doing the processor. I'm just, you know, putting credit where it's credited you. These are the three things to me that are... Yeah. worthy of the new iPhone 8 the, and the display the wireless charging and the processor done fair enough and I will say for wireless charging it is really encouraging uh, the fact that we now have Samsung and a Apple who are the two biggest smartphone purveyors and vendors both uh, getting into G wireless charging that basically means we finally oh, that have that kills standard. it yeah we're, we're done we have a standard it's awesome um, Qi is the biggest winner from this whole thing in my opinion uh, as an aside does I want to check something with you because i i'm confused by this because i'm not an iphone user anymore um the seven the seven versus the eight the the small phone does the did the eight gain ois or did the seven have ois uh <laughs> i think the eight gained ois Good question. That, that's also a pretty interesting thing I th because they finally put it on the cheaper phone if that happened. I think, and no, I do believe OIS was on the 7. I'm almost Okay, so the sure 6S, it's from the 6S to the 7 that the OIS happened yeah. on, the, on the small phone. It's, it's a funny good, thing. Good. It's a funny thing. Both you and I are talking about iPhone at the moment and both of us haven't been using it for a long while. Um, well, I have a good reason for this and I talked about it on the podcast before. The last review unit I got from Apple was a 6S, no, a 6 Plus, a 6 Plus. And I keep asking them and they say no. And I think it's because I keep slamming the iPhone. And I'm like, guys, if you don't want me to slam the iPhone, you have to give me a reason not to slam it by actually giving me the latest phone. I mean, for, so, well, for me, the reason not to slam it is for them to do better products. And, you know, maybe the iPhone well, there is that X slash 10 is that better product. But, you know, here, here, here's a cool segue. Remember when back in the gadget, we used to like our slick segues? Um, Go ahead. Speaking of Qi wireless charging, I've been charging the LG V30 on my Samsung wireless charger. And every time uh -huh. I do it, I just get this sneaky little feeling like I'm cheating somehow. It's really fun. Yes, it's weird, right? I'm I'm charging both my Note 8 and my, well, my Galaxy S8 Plus and my V30 and whatever other wireless compatible phone I've had in the last few years. Uh, I've been charging them on that. Do you remember that Nokia charger that, that fits inside a pillow? Ooh. Is that it's it's a it's a or oval puck, but is that still working? Then it, it had a beanbag pillow that it went in, and it looks like a tiny little pillow. It's red, and uh, it's you know in those Nokia colors from back in the day, before, around the time they got acquired by Microsoft. And it was a Lumia charger, and it works great. It charges pretty fast, not super, not as fast as the Samsung charger, of course, but it's great it, and it's compatible. It just works. I feel like I'm super cheating, like. You know, uh, I know, I know. It's 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 wonderful. I mean, to me, it's uh, the wireless version of USB C and a proliferation of USB C. Um, just to continue the Apple bashing, since we're on that train, you know, let's let's just be Apple bashers. So if somebody yeah. complains, let's about spend us, a few more minutes on that, and then let's move on. <laughs> if somebody complains about us being Apple bashers, let's at least give them material for it. Um, <laughs> I would, I'm not an Apple basher. Of though. course, that's we're not. the thing. Well, that's I. I mean, I just feel like. I'm I'm willing to give. So here's I want to state this because you don't know this, but I think some of my people, my audience does because I mentioned it before. Whether Apple gives me a review unit or not, which I think is unlikely, I will spend money and buy an iPhone 10 this year, and I will actually use it as my main phone for a month, and I will let you know what the experience is like. The last time I did this was a six plus, and I couldn't I couldn't an iOS eight or seven seven, and I couldn't hack it, a and I tell you why because. No file system, multitasking was a pain, and modifications were not that great. And this is iPhone se uh, iOS 7, which had a lot of improvements to these fe features. So let's see if iOS 11, which has a whole bunch of new multitasking features and a kind of a pseudo file browser yeah. and stuff, what it brings to the table. The biggest thing that's holding me up right now, every time I use my iPhone 6 Plus that I still have this review with iOS 10 right now, is that I cannot share between apps. I can't just say, send this photo that I'm editing right now to this app and it'll do it. I don't have a choice. I, I have to only send it to like a choice of two or three apps. And on Android, I have every app installed on my phone that I can send the, the picture to, right? Mm -hmm. And in the share button, the, the share feature is, is kind of like the pipes in Unix. I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> Miriam, Unix Miriam, command line, Miriam, uh, right? Miriam. 
Um, I have to like put the brakes what? on. You go way deep on the standards. No, but it's it's like pipes in Unix. It lets me put together different <laughs> apps into one like monolithic you, workflow. You got you got to bring it's, us back to exciting. mainframe computing if I don't stop you. Yes. Listen, the point. Get was, off my lawn, kids. The point I was trying to raise was simply that if Apple could just make the iPhone compatible with USB C, it would be so much easier because I've been using the 2016 MacBook Pro despite all of my protestations about its lack of ports and lack of SD card reader. I've been using it. It's, it's good, right? It's the best of a flawed bunch of current laptops, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But it uses USB-C, and I, I use that USB-C. with my Android phones nearby, and that has meant Me that for too. the past year, I've only needed to carry one charger around. I agree. I just don't understand how Apple cannot get on board with this. When they introduced the 10, the X, whatever you want to call it, I thought, oh, let's see. Does this no, actually not. have USB-C on it? Have they jumped that little I'm, hurdle i'm just gonna in their heads. Gonna repeat myself it's a, it's a business decision i mean um in the nfl it's mfi it's all about mfi you're right absolutely in the nfl when you have uh, like cornerbacks trying to tackle people hopefully you have enough american audience to understand my reference uh when a cornerback goes to tackle a guy and that guy is like 260 pounds and is you know all muscle and elbows and knees the nfl commentators call it a business decision when a cornerback is like i'll just try and trip him up i won't try and actually like sacrifice my body to stop this guy and I feel like Apple makes so many business decisions, and they work because I know. But but look, Apple is good weird. at business. They went with Qi, which is a standard, and yet at the same time they refuse to go with USB C, which is a standard that they use on their other products, and yeah. just simply because of the revenue from MFI. And we all know Lightning at this point, other than mechanically, where it's stronger. Other than mechanically, it is a worse interface now than USB C. It wasn't the case when it was announced. It was awesome, mm-hmm. but look. I don't want to talk about sports ball, okay? Yeah. Sports ball is not on my radar. Absolutely. I want to talk about why I like, I want to finish this iPhone rant after 21 minutes and talk about other phones. And the reason I want to, what I want to say, and you, you also have a, a time, I'll give you time to retort. But for me, I am excited about the 10, the X, whatever, because I feel that for the first time since the, in terms of hardware and not processors, but in terms of hardware in general, it, it's the first phone that's got me going, okay, this is at least competitive. Like edge-to-edge display, small chassis, large display, um, wireless charging, a camera subsystem that's better than the other ones, has OIS on both lenses, has a slightly better f-stop on the, on the tele, uh, very much like the uh, Note 8, by the way. But all this means you're competitive. And finally, I feel like I can own an iPhone and be like, okay, I've got something here that runs with the pack. Whereas last year, the iPhone 7, 7 Plus, did not run with the pack. I am sorry. In the processor world, it didn't, and that was about it. It was very complacent on Apple's behalf, and I just did not like that. And that's why I want to buy a 10 or an X, because this phone feels to me like it's a, it's... It's a candidate. It's worthy. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's $999 or pounds. It's a business expense for me and, uh, you know, because no, I'm a but, phone I'm sorry, reviewer. I'm sorry, you want to buy it. And, you know, um, if you believe in any gods, may the gods bless you and you know, sp- you sp- you're spending your own money. I am not going to endure spending that much money just to buy an Apple product that doesn't stink of complacency. That's my final word on the matter. Well, it, it doesn't. I don't think it stinks of complacency as much. Look, that's my point. I mean, then you then you're kind of bolstering mine. But okay, enough iPhone. Seriously, just iPhone banned Android. Let's talk about Android because actually Done. there yeah. are more exciting and varied things to discuss there. Before we do, little intermission to give you a bit, a bit of Bulgarian trivia. Uh, so so when you said the tele, oh which my is god, we're the playing telephoto the game. Lens, That's awesome. Uh huh. Tele. Tele in Bulgarian means calf, which is like a young cow. Uh huh. So you, I, I hope you can remember that. So every time you think of telephoto lenses, you should now think of young cows. Cows. Yeah. It always comes down to cows somehow, right? It's always until the cows come home. Uh, I want to segue about, we're talking about wireless charging and mm-hmm. chi, and I want to segue into something that is newsy. I was at TechCrunch Disrupt yesterday. I'm going to go back there this afternoon. It's here in San Francisco. It's the big uh, brouhaha around startups that happens in San Francisco every year. Big wang fest, but I love it. It's good. Uh, I saw an interesting product that is mobile related. It is called Pi, P-I, wireless charging. It's Qi compatible. Uh, so it's like the, it's very much like the Qi logo where the Q is reversed into a P and it's called Pi. And what it does is it's Qi compatible 
charging up to a foot, 12 inches, 30 centimeters from the base. Wow. In a circle, in a sphere around it. You can put like a V30 or Note 8 near it and it starts charging, but it's contactless. Well, I mean, she is contactless, but I'm guessing. I mean, no, no, but not not like you don't have to rest it on the pad. Yeah. And and as you know, chi if you lift more than about a centimeter from the pad, stops charging. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, when you say and this is not directional, when you, when you either. Say so you a, can be anywhere. This is a foot away from the charger. I'm immediately inclined to call bullshit. That's uh, that sounds. Well, I've way seen too it work, person. so it's real. So, but, but is it is I'll it like a your... trickle charge? Is it like really slow? No, it's it's slower the further you go, I guess, but it works still efficiently within a foot. It can go further. It's just I don't think they want you to do that. Also, so if, if a man is within that sphere, does it make him impotent? Probably. I mean, that's the only logical explanation, <laughs> right? I mean, look, I don't know what it is. I'm going to inquire some more today. They're going to give me a demo next week. I, I, I put a link in, in the email I sent you, and I will put a link in the show description right. of the TechCrunch article about it. They got a demo. They got to play with it. I want to make sure that it actually works really with Qi, that they didn't modify these phones. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll inquire. But no, nonetheless, it's the first time I've seen something at TechCrunch Disrupt in a while where I was like, okay, this this is relevant to my podcast. Very cool. Hey, so I had, to, I had to talk it about cool. it. So speaking of wireless charging, the other segue is let's talk about the two phones right now that are flagships, that are awesome, that support wireless charging, hmm. the Note 8 and the V30. So yeah, I mean, uh, you, you said at the beginning, at the outset, uh, before we uh, broke bad and started talking iPhone, uh, doing them in chronological order. So we might as well do that. Um, I'll give you a little bit of uh, background on my phone history over the past month because it, it's, That's it important, actually. I Pixel. would love to hear, what have your phones been? You've talked about the Pixel. Yeah. Okay, what else? I've been with the Pixel essentially since it came out. Um, initially, I was in the XL, then I switched to the regular one. Um, the first, the XL was a review unit. Um, it's it's been terrific. The Pixel has been terrific, but then HTC came out with the U11, um, uh -huh. and in fact, I, you know, I, I spent so much time bashing HTC over the years um, that the guys over there started thinking that I'm just an absolute HTC hater. Uh, but the U11 came out, and I just kept hearing good things about it, and then and then okay, they came out with this solar red, okay, that iridescent red. Oh my god, yes. And, and I was like, okay, stop. This phone needs to make its way to me somehow. So they they get they got us a review device over in the states, um, and I got Dan from our New York office to ship it over to me, um, and then I wrote this gushing love poem to it because it really is beautiful. Uh, there is literally I read it. Okay, there is literally only one person that I've met who doesn't like it. Um, what somebody doesn't like it? Either insane. Yes, and, and and this is who is that? Th this is a, let's name names. <laughs> yeah, Come on, this is a Bulgarian friend of mine. Um, oh, well, never mind. What? 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 Wait, <laughs> I thought it was a tech journalist. No, 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 no. of course not. Oh. Um, listen, I, I respect her opinion uh, very much. Um, she's a very tasteful person, but then again, she's super biased because her favorite color is blue. So obviously, an iridescent red phone might not. Appear. Well, okay. Uh, but that being said, yes. I will say okay. I went to Eiffel in Berlin with the U11. And uh -huh. as nice and as lovely as its iridescent red slash orange slash yellow color is, you, you do just get used to it. Because a lot of the time as a user, you're looking at the black frame around the display and the display itself. So you're not looking mm -hmm. at the shiny back. It must have been half a dozen times that, you know, like a Uber driver, uh, another tech journalist, somebody would just be like, you know, raise an eyebrow that? and just react to it, you know. Um, and to me, that's significant. To me, that matters. I, I appreciate a design that is that stands out and, and stands out in a good and in a positive way. I mean, uh, one of the amusing things, Basil Crumfley, who is a tech journalist here, I know uh, here in London, lovely guy, um, he bakes. <laughs> yeah, he's a baker, I know. And he's the best at it. I mean, he and I will catch our flight back from IFA, and I'm just holding my phone with all of my junk when I just passed through security. Um, and he's looking at me, and I don't understand the look on his face. He's like, dude, every time you pull it out, and just didn't finish the sentence. He, le he left that hanging. You know, there is there is some sort of weird, like, ho uh, homoerotic story to be written around that. I mean, it's a gorgeous phone. It, never mind, never mind. So, okay, 
So I went from the U11, uh, then I got a V30 from LG, and this is a pre-production unit, so that always needs to be... Me too, it's, the one I have is a pre-production unlocked yeah. device. That always needs it's to be It's beautiful practiced. silver mine, silver and this super polished, beautiful chrome edge to it. Mm -hmm. Nice. No, no I, I, like I agree. Um, but the first comparison between them, um, the V30 is a much more compact device, uh, it doesn't yeah. have the same uh, sloping back as the U11. So, like, if you've been using the U11 for a few weeks, you put it down, you pick up the V30, and it feels blockier because it literally has a flat back as opposed to the curve of the U11. I really like the feel of V30 in my hand, though. Yeah, so it's an adaptation. I mean, I like the U11, too, but the V30 is so light. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's it's an adaptation when you get into it. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, the V30 is more compact. It also has a larger screen, even though it's smaller. So in terms of ergonomics, you can kind of, um, you know, I, th I think it can be even, it can be a matter of preference. Whereas I usually, you know, you've seen my reviews, I don't think there are many matters of preference. But I feel like some people yeah. are more comfortable with the larger U11 and the more curvy back. And then other people, probably myself included over the longer term, uh, are going to find the V30 more comfortable. One problem that I have with the V30 um, which still lingers for me is actually the display, uh, where I found it to be a bit blotchy, like consistent areas of color just aren't a perfect consistent color. Uh, gradients yeah. are kind of bad, and it looks like an early generation OLED, you know, from like three or four years ago from Samsung. And I think that makes yeah, sense. Well, you know what it is? It's LG's plastic AMOLED is not as refined as, as Samsung's plastic AMOLED. Well, that's yet. it. That's it. No. I feel like yeah, LG is in those flex early phones? stages now. Remember the blotchiness on the flex phones? Uh, the the LG Even G Flex, the, yeah, the G Flex Two actually. The L, the blotchiness on that screen was insane. On my unit, it was like, this is not, this cannot pass quality control. I thought to myself, mm. but look, you know, I still at a casual glance, like just using the phone every day, I'm not noticing it as much. I, I yeah, mean, not in, yeah, not at all but, actually. But the thing I is, I don't mind. No, fair enough. You can you can kind of ignore it. But I'm the guy who is like. It's, it's right. kind of like there's an ant crawling on your skin. I, I can't ignore these things. And yeah, the reason I'm referencing it directly in comparison to the U11 is that when I then, you know, I put down the V30, I pick up the U11, I just kind of feel like I've gone into a display of luxury. Like I, I'm literally looking at Twitter on the two phones and I'm like, oh shit, this is so much better on the U11. Can I just not well, go to back me, to the V30? Yeah, to me, it's when I look at the Galaxy Note or the S8, like that display just, Boom, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm done with IPS. I'm done. U11 is great IPS panel, but I'm done with them. I don't want IPS panels anymore. I want thin, I want no backlight. I want, you know, I you know, I just want I just I just feel Samsung's nailed it and Apple obviously is inheriting that and Yeah, I mean, to me, I'd I'd rather have the V30's slightly blotchy AMOLED over the U11's IPS because it makes no. a thinner, lighter phone at this point. I mean, again, the V30, it might improve by the final product. It's, we're also, all looking at pre-production pre Exactly, we're pre-production, right? But if yeah, we're yeah. just putting up the U11 screen against the V30 screen, yeah, I, I, would, I agree. I would take the U11 and I would go so far as to say that the V30 screen might be a deal breaker for me. Like, it might be that much of an issue because I really feel like you can't fuck up the screen. That is the one thing you cannot I mean, afford to I really feel you you're being nitpicky here because I'm not noticing it. Listen, I, I mean, fair, it's enough. Very, like, fair enough. I, and I don't see, I don't see blotchiness. I see gradient issues, mm. but it could also, see, it could be a pre-production thing. And the other thing I want to say is really, I don't want to spend too much time on the U11 because I really want to talk more about, about these two phones. But yeah. the, I, I want to say that my opinion on the U11 is I love the phone in every way. Don't get me wrong. Just because IPS means I'm, no, it's one of the best phones this year. Absolutely. The, the thing, and I, the camera is particularly spectacular if you take the time to tweak the settings. In full auto mode, nothing. And this is what I want to say. And this is true of the V30 and the Note 8 and the Galaxy S8 and every single one of them. I want to say that I've finally come to a conclusion, which is that in full auto mode, just mashing the button, nothing can touch the pixel. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. The U11, when I took it to Burning Man with the Pixel, side by Pixel XL side by side, the Pixel would nail every shot. The U11 would 
be better than the Pixel in some shots and worse in others. And I finally said, screw it, I'm going manual to get this resolved. And in manual mode, I could get what I wanted. But then I'd spend a minute tweaking the settings before I took my photo and I'd lost the moment. So the Pixel rescued me so many times there where spontaneity is really important. And I want to point that out because in my test this past few days with the V30 and the Note 8, especially in low light, the, they fall apart compared to the pixel. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, like the, the, the pixel, pixel in low light, low light is just a monster yes. in low light. Like, holy crap. If, even it, this is the thing with the pixel. Even its faults are photographic faults. They feel like old photography. They feel like film photography. So, yeah. so they still feel natural to us because, uh, you know, I've grown up with photos and film photos being a natural part of life. They didn't get developed and invented during my lifetime. They were just always there. So to yeah, me, and it feels natural. The errors know. that those photos had, you know, the the blown out highlights, let's say, the lens flares and so on, are quote unquote natural and organic to me. The errors that we're seeing from companies like Samsung and LG producing are digital. They're, they're, they're digital and they're, they're like uh, they're post processing errors, and they feel somehow much worse to me. I mean, what Samsung and LG, that you know, those guys spy so much on each other, they might as well just work in the same building. They they go for the same thing, which is you find the edge, you sharpen the edge, so you give me crisp, pristine lines, so long as I don't zoom into full resolution. Um, and then you go crazy about noise suppression. And that gives me, you know, consistent areas of color where I might actually want a bit of color gradation and a bit of more nuance and detail. Um, so when I see a pixel photo, you know, it will often have more noise than the others. But I see more detail yeah. with the noise. It's not it, it, exactly. It's natural. So, so here's my takeaway so far. And again, I've got only a few days of use on these two phones. So I need to take many more pictures and post them before I can release give my final verdict. But of course, the Note Eight inherits all of the flaws and advantages of the Galaxy S8 in its main camera, and it adds a second camera that you know we can talk about. But the V30 so far, if I had to pick one of these two phones, um. And of course, there's also the Galaxy S8 factor, which is, you know, kind of, it's hard to justify the Note 8 on price. And the Galaxy S8 is certainly coming down price rapidly. The S8 Plus is very similar in size and specs. So, um, you know, keep that in the back of your mind as I'm speaking. But if I had to pick between the V30 and the Note 8 right now for me, looking at all the variables, I would pick the V30. And I think the reason for that is, one, it's smaller and lighter and still gives me massive displays real estate. Two, I like the underdog. That's 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 subjective, but I do. I feel like it's not a phone you see every day. And at first, you don't necessarily know what it is unless you actually look carefully. Uh, and to me, that, that matters because everybody's either pulling out an iPhone or a Galaxy and I'm kind of done with that. I don't need the stylus. I don't want to pay $1,000. And in terms of dual camera, I've always been more of a fan of a wide angle, separate wide angle like the V30, the G6, and the previous LG phones have. And really only LG is doing versus the telephoto thing that Apple and Samsung and OnePlus are doing. And, and then, of course, there's a third category, which is the black and white monochrome combo, which uh, Huawei is doing. And I'm really into that as well for creative purposes. But I feel that they haven't hit, in the, hit the sweet spots in terms of quality yet to really be um competitive enough but to me the v30 has other than the display flaws has another flaw which is that those one micron pixels in the main camera now lg has done a really good job with small pixels in the past all their previous uh g series and v series phones have used 1.13 micron or 1.1 micron pixels and i think the low light performance of the g6 in particular is really impressive for the size of the pixels and the noise reduction they do um, doesn't kill too much despite the fact that they have to do a lot of noise reduction for small pixels. The V30 has issues in low light where you can see that they're not quite as um, experienced with that size pixel yet. And autofocus performance on the V30, I think, is, is an issue right now. But it might be a pre-production 
problem though. I, I'm not sure what's wrong there, but I find that in low light, it just doesn't cut it compared to even the Galaxy Note and the Pixel bl obliterates the both of them in the same kind of super low light, like you're trying to take a portrait in low light. And I'm not talking about using portrait mode, I'm talking about just purely the main camera, not the telecamera, not the wide angle. Really, really uh, a little disappointing there, but I think it's a software thing and because they're trying to master those micron pixels, those one micron so tiny let me, pixels. So let me add one more item to your list of uh, reasons why you might favor the V30 of the Note 8, and that is the centered fingerprint sensor on the back. Oh my God, yes. I mean, look, the, the size, the shape, the fingerprint, the uh, and the quad DAC. I, that's the other thing we need to talk about. I don't want to jump into it right this moment, but the audio quality out of the V30, as a person who appreciates audio, I won't call myself an audiophile, but... As an audio enthusiast, the V30 hits the spot. Uh, the Note 8 sounds okay. No, no, you know, no, I'm sorry, it's stop, not... stop. Don't compare the V30 to anything else. That's my point. Well, like, it sounds, do not, the other phone sounds It is an like, insult okay. to the V30 to compare it to the Note 8. I don't even care how good the okay, Note 8 is. What I'm sounds. just trying to point out to you is that there is a general baseline out there of decentness that most phones fall into. The U11 being the exception because this stupid $14 USB-C digital dongle that they provide sounds worse than average. And then there's the V30, which is in its own planet. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm well, trying to that, say. That's, that's what I'm also trying to say by being a bit But, but uh, let's go back to the camera. Let, 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 let's go to audio later. Like, because, okay, camera. So V30, camera, I love the wide angle. And the f over 1.9, I want to say, because the wide angle now has an f over 1.9. Still has no autofocus. Still has no OIS, which hurts a little bit. But it captures so much more light. And it's the geometry of that lens is so much better. There's less distortion. I'm really impressed with the wide angle. And I love the wide angle, as I said, more than the telephoto on other phones. So kudos for that. That f 1.6 lens is super sharp, but the one micron pixel and the software around that still needs work. That's my takeaway. And I'm, that doesn't discourage me from using the phone. It's fast. It takes photos quickly. And with given enough light, it looks amazing well, yeah but you know that's um i mean that's an improvement for og and I, I i think where you and i are completely overlapping is on the statement it doesn't discourage me from using the phone yeah so i, I can say <laughs> that about the v30 the camera doesn't make me not want to use the phone i think i have a bigger issue with the display so we're there it's just you kind of want a phone with a camera that makes you you know excited to use it and to me that right now is the google pixel and the HTU 11. I feel both uh, with regard to the Note 8, um, which, you know, to me is kind of like a afterthought, to be fair. I, I use that after the V30, but we can go to the Note 8 later. I feel with the Note 8 and with the V30, they're just fine. They're just okay. Um, but I'm never going to look back, you know, a year or two years from now and think, holy crap, I took that photo with that phone. At least I don't think I will. Um, and that's the issue I have. But I mean, okay, let me let me have my little uh, love rant about the audio on the V30 because. Well, we can have it together because it's just spectacular. Yeah. I, I heard the quad deck system that LG has on the G6 for the first time. Um, and I thought it was terrific enough. I wrote a whole article about how exceptional it is. Uh, but that has been taken up yet another notch by the V30. I. At this point, I, I just don't feel like it's fair to compare it to any other smartphone. It's so, so far ahead. Like, I'm comparing it against things like the Astel and Kern Can, which is a $1,000 uh, media player. I'm comparing it against, like, the Fio X5 third generation, Fio X7 second generation. And it's like, well, I can just have the V30, and that's fine. You know, and it's it's... It's amazing. I mean, I, I want to, I, to me, that matters a lot. So that's, that weighs really big in favor of the V30. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make it very clear that I find that the camera on the V30 is really great. It's not phenomenal. It's not pixel grade. Uh, but I feel that it's, you know, it, it, it runs with the pack of flagships, definitely. Um, but the audio really cranks it up over anything else. And then of course, as I said, the weight, the size, the uh, the fingerprint position, and the fact that, you know, it's a bit of an underdog still matters to me. It's like, I get all the specs I want, you know, Snapdragon 835, all the goodness, but I get a phone that is just not gonna be that popular. <laughs> that's kind of bad for LG, I guess, but, but I mean, that's the reality, right? I mean, people are gonna buy Galaxy S8s uh, and, you, you and the Note 8 for those phone? extreme people. What? You wanna date the unpopular phone just because it's unpopular? 
Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm sorry. You, you, you're I contrarian like at heart. Well, that's, that's fair enough. I know. Also worth throwing in, um, in my experience at least, the battery life on the V30 has been super solid. Yep. Uh, it it yep. definitely outperforms the uh, Google Pixel, the regular Pixel for me. And I, I think it hangs in there with the HCU 11, which again has been, like I say, I took it to IFA. It took me for four days. You're like days. in love with that thing, aren't you? But, I mean, there's good reason. The U11 took me for four days of covering a trade show, foreign country, you know, connected to whatever spotty networking that was going on, and it stayed strong. And the V30 is right but up there. But the audio, but the audio on the U11. No, no, I'm not going to defend that at all. Like that dongle should stay I mean, in the box. Don't take the dongle out that, of the that box. Dong, that dongle is a nightmare. You you need an external headphone amp and DAC. And I, I want to ask you, actually, you are the best person to ask this, and I want this on the record on the show. If you want to be at a reasonable budget, let's pick a budget of $100 US. What dongle should you buy that's USB-C, that's a DAC and a headphone amp all in one that will get powered by most Android phones and will surpass, not reach LG V30 levels of performance, but will surpass what's generally built in? Please go. Tell me. Dragonfly Black with a USB-A to USB-C adapter. There isn't a USB-C but is it is it able to be powered by any smartphone? Yeah, I use like, it. Have you tested um, it? Okay. What I have at the moment is I have my Apple USB-C to USB-A adapter. I plug the Dragonfly Black into that. That costs $99. Uh, and then I plug, plug my headphones into the Dragonfly Black. Um, the trouble with it is it has a little Dragonfly logo on it, uh, which illuminates the, in a different color depending on the bit rate of the music you listen to. So it kind of looks, you know, when it's in your pocket, kind of looks like you have some sort of, uh, I don't know if you're diabetic and you have some machinery Glow, plugged into you. yeah. Uh, well, but, you know. Nothing a bit of soldering can't fix, so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. soldering or like black tape on top of it. I mean, I mean that's, not, that's a non-issue. Um, and I will also mention uh, there's an app on Android called USB Audio Player Pro. It's um, four, five dollars or pounds thereabouts. I bought it last year. It's well worth the investment. Um, you can use that, and you can crank up the volume much higher uh, with you know these okay. external decks. So that that makes a big big advantage. You can then power some really uh, you know high impedance, more demanding headphones. But uh, just with general usage, what I tend to use is the Dragonfly Black. Um, and I play mostly Tidal off of it. Sounds terrific. Sounds terrific. I, I think it's great. I think uh, I do most of my testing when I'm testing uh, headphones on the move with it. And even even that being the case, and I'm not going to tell you the V30 is better or worse than the Dragonfly DAX, uh, but the B, the V30 made me feel things. Do you understand? I'm, I I'm talking. V oh, I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. I listen. I listen to the V30, and this was true for me of the V20, which, by the way, had the same DAC as the G6 that you tried. Yeah. Um, it's it makes it brings it brings tears to my eyes in some things. I, it's it's spectacular. I mean, it's beyond uh, for a phone. It's like I cannot believe I'm listening to this. Like I feel like I'm listening to several thousand dollars of audio equipment. Yes. Yet I'm holding a phone in my hand and have a really good pair of headphones or earbuds. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think you monitors. and I are very much in tune on this because you know you say it brings tears to your eyes. I, I think it brings drool, drool to my lower lip. I, I, I can't. Depends get over on the emotion yeah, it, of the music. Yeah, it depends but yeah, on which liquid and fluid you want to. It's like I time. feel like I'm cranking the volume up all the time because there's no noise, no distortion, yeah. and just like this, such. The timing between left and right channel is so in sync. Like, there's nothing that like gets in the way of you enjoying that performance. And I just like I'm hearing things I wasn't hearing before, and uh, on a phone at least. And I'm I'm just smitten. It just brings a smile to okay, my face. Okay, we're asking just, here. Wow. Which um, pair of headphones have you been testing it with? Uh, DT990 Pro, the 32 ohm, uh, and. Uh, Good old Edemotic Research ER4Ss. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been using the um, one more quad driver, uh, which again are in the headphones. Uh -huh. And I got to tell you, from the first song that I played, it, it, it was like within the first three seconds when the bass hit and it was so pure and so pristine. And I was like, me and this phone are going to wow. be friends. Okay, it just, yep, it just like yep. it punched, it hit, and I'm like, oh, yes, right? 
And it's like, it wasn't even particularly special music. It's some electronic music, some DJ, whatever. Um, and then it's like, uh, I've just been listening to Tupac's All Eyes on Me album. You know, I know I'm a couple of mm -hmm. decades late to it. Whatever. But that shit sounds so good on the V30. And I'm walking around, uh, like I say, with the Dragonfly and with um, over-ear headphones. You know, I've, I'm testing a bunch of Bluetooth headphones. And I'm like, where the, where the F is the bass? I want that V30 bass. I want it to, like, kick me in the face. I know. Look, I mean, for me, the, the I did the, the combo that blew my mind on at least the V20 at the time was the Childish Gambino album, the, the newer one. Uh, that first song when the bass kicks in, I was just like, wait, like, what? Like, just rewind a little bit here. Wow. I mean, it just blew my mind. I'm like, this is coming out of a built-in headphone amp? No, it's, it's, it's yeah. amazing. And, uh, and at yeah. this point, like I say, I'm looking at um, uh, dedicated portable media players, which all run Android, but they're running like Android 5.5 and they have 5.5 seconds of lag anytime you want to switch between albums. Oh god! And they cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah. I know. And I know. I've and, seen and, them. And they're you know they weigh five times the weight of the V thirty. And their battery life is like ten minutes, and you look at them the wrong way, and they die. Well, not, not all no, of them. I'm just joking. I, That's not I true. I love the Estevan Kern but they're massive. can. The Estevan Kern can yeah, is no, like they, a six thousand milliamp hour battery, so that one lost. I know it's amazing. Yeah. I know. I'm joking. I'm just saying, you know, like some of them are like a little compromised in terms of power because they just. But it's crazy all the to processors, me that I can just big dash. It's crazy to me that I can leave those devices at home and just take this slinky, slender, like you say, beautiful Android phone, and plug directly into it. Like literally in in my I life. I love that the design. I, I, I make love that plans the design in my life the... so I can carry the Dragonfly and the whole dongle adapter situation with me for a phone. And and at this point, I'm I'm almost like, if I plug a pair of earphones or headphones directly into a phone, I'm kind of like, this is gonna suck, right? This is gonna be terrible. Yeah, it's gonna be a downgrade yeah, from what I usually listen terrible. to. And now, and then there's a U11 dongle, which is more than terrible, which is utterly disgusting. Like, I mean, I cannot believe people listen to audio through that thing. But sorry, but the V30, the V30 is like the V30. It puts a smile on my face, okay. and if I never, it does. if I never had to look at the screen. <laughs> if I just had to <laughs> well, listen so to I, it, I, you know, I it's just the best really thing in the world. I just want to reinforce that this screen thing should not sway you too much because I don't feel it's that big of a deal. Yeah, but I do. It's but a phone. It's how you use the goddamn thing. This is why Apple, you know, switched away from Touch ID for Face ID because you yes. always have your face in the thing screen. It needs to be good. Yes. Look, look. We have ten minutes left. Let's talk about the Note Eight. Okay, it's boring. Um. Yes, it's boring. Of course, it's boring. It's just a Galaxy S8 Plus, you know, blown up a little bit, given a stylus and a dual uh, dual camera system and a bit more RAM. And honestly, it's exactly what you should expect. Does it justify $1,000 or $930? Meh, probably not. But then again, in three months, it'll be $700. So look, the reality is, I'm not saying I don't like the Note. It's a good phone. It's solid. The screen, wow, the screen. I mean, but that's true of the Galaxy S8 and the S8 Plus. Um, the performance is solid. Um, the user experience is not too shitty for once. Um, for, you know, for this year's Samsung phones. Uh, but that being said, uh, that dual camera system, it's it's okay. Like, I, I think it's definitely competitive, but I'm not sure that it's worth the extra money is what I'm no, going to say. Not. Yes, but let, let, let right. make a more constructive contribution here. Um, I like the, the battery life on the Galaxy Note 8, again, uh, which is kind of standard for all of Samsung's flagships this year. They've, they've been really good in that respect. Um, surprising thing that really impressed me about the Note 8 is actually the sound of its loudspeaker. Um, yes. I find, again, tossing around between the U11, the V30, and the Pixel, the Note 8 is kind of head and shoulders above everybody else, including the LG. It's loud. Uh, it yeah, gets yeah. loud. It um, don't buy the V30 for the built-in speaker. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, uh, with, with the V30, you get the sense that LG has compromised quite a few things. You mentioned the microns on the on the rear camera. Uh, there's also the resolution of the front-facing camera isn't all that high. Um, oh yeah, five megapixels. Pretty boring. Yeah, and, and LG has kind of said, okay, with fitting within this size and this dimension, and we're going to compromise on this and that thing. And I think I feel like the loudspeaker is one of those things. For myself. 
Uh, it's kind of an important thing because I listen to a ton of radio, a ton of, well, not so much podcasts, but yeah, radio and like YouTube videos and so on um, as background noise. And the Note 8 over the past couple of months has given me the best background noise from any device that I've used. Um, and finally, kind of a peculiar thing, probably um, not the most important one, but playing this game called Traffic Rider, uh, which uses the accelerometer uh-huh. and you just tilt the phone to direct your bike. Uh, the Note 8 has been the best for me. It's been the most responsive to, you know, tilting the device. Also, uh, this is where it's screen the enormity of its freaking screen uh, yeah, it's comes into massive. play. And, and, and I, I agree with you. It's a very lovely screen. Uh, it's like, okay, if you're going to say to me, I'm only going AMOLED, no IPS, and everybody had access to AMOLED, Samsung's AMOLED, I would be like, thumbs yeah. up, yes, absolutely. But the trouble is... <laughs> We're getting there. The trouble is that not everybody is on Samsung's level. I feel like uh, that display technology is a real, real competitive advantage for Samsung. So so as, as a point of reference, where would you place the Pixel XL screen? Oh, I think it's good. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I have zero complaints about it. Um, it's a good point. Is it sourced from Samsung? I don't know, but it's AMOLED, so meh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... It's made by HTC, so who knows? Well, the the, the phone. I have a feeling it's an LG screen, honestly. Well, well, that would upset me because if that's an LG screen, and it's that good, but it's not plastic AMOLED. That's the difference. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, because it's thinner to make plastic AMOLED. Hey, let's talk quickly. So here's my thing on the note: big phone. Uh, if you, it's it's probably too big for some people, for a lot of people. But man, that screen real estate, holy, holy crap! I mean, if you want to be productive, this is the phone. If you like the stylus, this is the phone. Uh, if you want the best Samsung makes, this is the phone. If you have the money, buy it, absolutely. But it's really hard to justify when the Galaxy S8 Plus exists yes. and is as, almost as good and costs a lot less. And then the other thing is a dual camera just doesn't add that much to experience. Like I have to say, zoom lens, the telephoto lens with OIS is really great. The iPhone 10, iPhone X will have it too. These are the only two phones right now that have OIS on the telephoto lens. Nobody else does it and it really pays off. I've taken some low light shots with the wide angle, sorry, the telephoto lens on the Note 8 that have been really better because of the OIS. And uh, and and the f the f stop f one was two point two two point four yeah it's okay it's not great uh, but it, it's it's better than the two point eight on the existing iPhone seven plus uh, right yeah, and of course the numbers the, the, I don't care about the numbers I I, I feel well, like I'm saying yeah, is that, no no but I think it's important to just to make a distinction because so far the only telephoto we had was f over 2.8 that was the iphone yeah but and that then, doesn't matter you know, miriam the, come on i mean the, the f-stop yeah, does matter matters, it brings in more light you, you have an f1.6 no, on the v30 no, is that the best no, camera no, is, no, is the v30 the best no, camera it's because it's f1.6 no because no, because then then we're getting no. into you know it's a camera podcast rather than a phone podcast i feel like well the, you know that happens here sometimes. the advice we can give to people is that and you should hopefully agree with me on this the dual camera system is probably not the reason to get the notate can we? Correct. Yeah, okay. But but if you have it, there are some good things well, about course, it, is what I'm trying to but, say. The the F stop is good, the OIS is good on that on the telephoto. And more importantly, the the real time adjustable bokeh thing is is an improvement over one where it picks it for you. And and I think giving that tweakability is nice. But that being said, it looks fake, it feels yeah. fake, and I still think and again, please hold hold on to your horses here, but I feel that. Apple's doing it better, the portrait. But I think it's a one-trick pony. I don't understand why portrait mode is such an important thing on well, phones. I don't want to always take portraits. Yeah, I want to take landscapes, I, I and I want to take other things. Okay, so, so there's two things. There's two things here before we wrap up, okay? Um, first of all, the other night I was going out, uh, which is unusual for a tech geek, but hey, I did it. Uh, it's an achievement. And I was on the underground, and there were 10 teenage girls on the, in the same car as me. And... The only communication that they did was taking selfies with a front-facing camera on their phones, passing phones between them, so they would take selfies with like two or three in a group. Um, and I was observing it like... But that's front-facing yeah, camera. Know, We're know, talking about these rear cameras bear with portrait with me here, mode. Bear with me, okay? Um, and I was observing it like uh, weird human behavior. Like a creep? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank Sorry. you. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't creeping. It, it was right in front of my eyes. There was nothing else to look at. I'm just joking, lad. Um, 
We've done this enough together, you know. Yeah, but I'm conscious of this because I'm growing older and like uh, a man of my age shouldn't be looking at teenage girls, I guess. Um, no, it's borderline legal these days. Shouldn't. But anyway, the point is that the way that phones are being used, the way that these devices are being used are changing. And, you know, you say portrait mode doesn't matter. And I would say probably it doesn't matter on the real facing camera. But the front it does, it does and Apple fixed that and because they have yeah. the depth sensor. And that's why Apple's notch and all that taken there is deserving of some respect from us, right? Because no, absolutely, get, and I, to I feel that str- we didn't scenario. talk about we didn't talk about Face ID and the whole front camera system on the iPhone 10. But I think it's a significant thing that people are overlooking. I think it's really important, and I think it's going to work. It's like you know, to me, the 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 I. Uh, the retina scan recognition thing on the notes and those galaxies doesn't work and and i can't use it it doesn't work for me so i need to use a stupid fingerprint breeder which is even worsely placed on the note and and whereas apple i bet you just like with the atrix fingerprint reader versus the first touch id phone the 5s apple's gonna make face id actually work reliably it might be a little slow might be a bit weird at first we'll get used to it and it'll kick ass that is my feeling about okay, Face ID. But I, I have one more rant uh, on which we can one close. One more rant. We, Before we close, yeah. I just want to reiterate, like if there's one thing that people should take away from this podcast and my contribution, it is that the LG V30 sounds freaking amazing. It is a breakthrough. It is exceptional. And it will make you feel things. So if you want a phone that makes you feel things and you don't feel things about the HCU 11's iridescent solar red, get a V30 and go live happy life that's that yes that's that's a really good now for the now for the rent yes you're right the the the, wait and and as an aside yes the note is boring but it's still a very solid very nice very big phone if you want that so i i i would pick the v30 frankly but but the note is not to be dismissed is but it's 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 expected like there's nothing about the note that we didn't know would happen from samsung right yeah but what's your rent here it is. I'm listening. The fucking Bixby button. It needs to die. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> I, okay, I will keep oh. it brief, but here it is. Samsung has been mocked mercilessly by you, by me, by everybody else about TouchWiz. TouchWiz has been shit for many, many years. But over the past couple yep. of years, Samsung got it shit together. It started cleaning up its software started getting rid of so much of the bloatware there's none of that game center and book center and whatever else that people don't use and they started doing good design this year in 2017 samsung has the best touch software ever i have been at google io i spoke with hiroshi lockheimer and i said to him listen those pill-shaped notifications the samsung did on the galaxy s8 please look at them copy them put them into android that is beautiful Okay. The future. And and just <laughs> just the way on the Galaxy S8 and the Note 8 as well, just the way those notifications trace the edge of the screen and because there are no bezels, yeah. that feels like the future. I I want to be notified in that sort of fashion. It's so organic, it's so beautiful. It's like the light is like water passing through your phone. How do you not get you know little goosebumps every time you know somebody flames you on Twitter? Um so that being the case. Samsung really got his shit together and he took a major step forward and then decided, you know what? <laughs> let's, do, let's do this Bigsby thing and let's fuck everything up. <laughs> let's take all this goodwill that we just generated with people and then just throw it all away by forcing, I just know. force feeding this Bigsby thing which serves no observable purpose for anybody. I do not know a person that is not a troll who would argue in favor of Bixby over Google Assistant, Alexa, Microsoft's Cortana, or even Apple Siri, which is, you know, no awesome standard to measure yourself against. It serves no purpose, but it has a physical button. It has a dedicated physical button on the phone. That you can't reprogram. It's ridiculous. So it just drives it me is nuts. Physical I hit that blowware. button all the time. I hit it all the time and things happen that I don't want to happen. I am so sick of it. Ugh. It's physical bloatware. This this upsets me. And it's not just physical, it's structural. It's saying, you know what? We bought a company with natural language processing. So we're investing in this. We're going to do a voice assistant. Um, we've put a button into it's, our phones. 
So Samsung is committing. It's quixotic. They're they're fighting against Google Assistant and Siri and Alexa and yeah. Cortana. And we all know that Google Assistant is going to be the, the one that Absolutely. wins out because it has the most data. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's about machine learning and data sets. And nobody has data it, like it, Google. It's, and so, no, you're, and so, so right. you're done. You're so I, right. And, and I will tell you, I spoke with Huawei's Richard Yu. Why do I call him Richard? Um, Richard Yu, Huawei's uh, mobile chief. Uh, during CES. Um, and it was a small roundtable that he did after the presentation of uh, Huawei's news at the show. And he was asked, are you going to do anything to compete with uh, Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa? And he said, in China, we're going to do some custom stuff for our own. That makes sense. Which makes sense because in China, there's no Google Assistant to compete against. There's a different world out there. There's like another planet. And, and he said, but here in the US, we're just going to do partnerships with those guys because, and he just kind of shrugged the shoulders. Uh, we don't have anything better. I mean, yeah, and and I think that Samsung needs to like get get on board on that. Like, I want that button to to give me Google Assistant, honestly. Yes. And Samsung refuses to make that customizable. It just made the Bixby button. No, they they, they it was originally, and then they removed it. Uh, well, no, somebody else you could did get the you could get around. You could get yeah. around. Yeah, no, it wasn't part of the thing, but you could remove it, and now. They fought against that, and apparently it's back now. The Galaxy S8, you can reprogram no, the button. No, you can't again. reprogram it. Samsung only lets you disable it. Well, I saw an article it. about Samsung this. only lets you disable it. That's the news Oh, this week. disable it. Okay, well, at least I can disable it. Well, it'll be a big improvement, honestly. Yeah. So, so you See, get a when you're, when you're When disabling is better than the feature, then <laughs> you know you've got a problem. Thank you. Anyway. Yes, thank you. Listen, uh, plug yourself. Tell, tell, the, tell the listeners who you are, where you are, and and uh, tell them how they should continue enjoying the Engadget mobile podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I mean the uh, mobile tech podcast. Uh, oh, I am Vlad Savov. I am a senior tech editor at The Verge. I focus on headphones and smartphone reviews, as you might have noticed from this podcast. Um, I can be found on the website, theverge.com, on the internet, uh, on Twitter, twitter.com slash Vlad Savov. And I'm also on Google+. Plus. You can probably dig me up from there. I have 106 followers, which hasn't changed for the past year. Google+, Plus is dead. Yes, yeah, so um, dead. And those are really the only places that I post. I only really just post on Twitter. So if anybody wants to DM Twitter me is really where you find and that. tell me I'm wrong, I would happily receive your messages. There you go. And uh, you guys know where you can find me. Uh, TNKGRL is my Twitter handle, like Tank Girl without the vowels, like the comic book character. My YouTube channel is Miriam Schwar on YouTube, so look for my real name with a Y, M Y. Uh, mobiletechpodcast.com it's the URL for this podcast subscribe tell your friends to subscribe the more followers we get the more likely we're going to get sponsors which is something we're working on right now uh, World Podcasts is the wonderful team that uh, does the producing on this podcast and the posting thanks to them and uh, stay tuned for next week we'll have another guest we'll have another bunch of discussions and debates about another bunch of phones because that's what we do here all right Okay, thanks so much, Vlad. Thank you. And uh, bye, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.